Welcome to Garden Talk with your local growing experts from Bookleaf Gardens, where we help you grow. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Mona Dyer, along with Steph Griggs, and this is Garden Talk, brought to you by Bookcliff Gardens. Where we help you grow. Well, we'll be talking about gardening today. If you've got a question, something on your mind, something puzzling you or, or bugging you, please give us a call. Our number is 245-1100, Well, goodness, what a crazy weather week Whoa, this was. That groundhog was right, I think. You know, Poxitani that, Phil. that little weather producing rodent he just absolutely he nailed it i think But you know what the skiers and the gardeners can't complain cannot complain the moisture we're getting so so lovely so lovely um uh, i've got uh, friends you know scattered out all over the place and uh, folks up on glade park they really got hammered uh with this last storm Uh uh grand mesa uh different places uh where where folks are free Frequent, uh, you know, frequent flyers. Right. Uh, two and a half feet of, of new snow out of that storm. Like, so, boom. yeah, it was it was a, a good one. Yeah. Um, crazy weather week. Uh, it, it is going to be just a little warmer today. Mostly sunny with a high right around 50 degrees. Tomorrow, uh, it'll be a little cloudier with a possibility of precipitation starting uh, maybe mid to late morning and then clearing off. Um, Monday and Tuesday, partly cloudy with highs, though, in the upper 30s. So it's going to be uh, cooling off again. Uh, Wednesday, another storm is moving in uh, pretty much all day. We've got a a good chance of precipitation, whether it's rain or snow. Um, The highs are only going to be in the upper 30s. So for us down here in the valleys, I'm I'm kind of thinking it's going to be more in that, um, let's call it semi-solid moisture you know that <laughs> that stuff that, that stuff that kind of splats on you and you're like hmm uh-huh. I, i'm not sure i appreciate that hopefully though the wind will stay down goodness sake the wind has Boy, just had, been we've had some wind but all over everybody I've right talked, even in other states yeah had wind. the wind has just been yes. nuts yeah. uh by that por- portion of the week the lows are going to be in the 20s so still pretty pretty chilly at night next thursday it's supposed to clear up a little um and and that'll be nice because it's supposed to clear up thursday through next weekend the last storm we had um did add more to our much appreciated moisture so far february is two tenths ahead of uh, moisture officially here in grand junction and year to date here locally we're almost four tenths of an inch ahead above average for the year 2023 is going to be a good year yeah it's it we're we're just shaping up it's uh just it's it's been pretty nice as far as the moisture is concerned so uh exciting things happening at at uh, book cliff gardens oh gosh it's starting it's happening. It, it's happening. The first truckload of trees arrived this week. They did. So excited. It was. And we had lots of help because our landscape crew hasn't really ramped up yet. Right. So we have lots of strong bodies out there. And and the good news, the good news was it was before the snowstorm yes. came. Yes. And so A, we weren't unloading trees in the snow, although it was blustery and cold it out there. It was. And then when Rick and Val had to like count them oh goodness and get them them, yeah get them sorted there they were they were pretty frozen they were cold but uh with help of the landscape people 
Mm-hmm. Um, Lance and and Val both said that it's it's probably the most organized getting things off the truck that that mm-hmm. we've had in a while because Exciting. there were so many people instead of right. just grab and set grab and set they, they were actually... able to sort at the same time yeah. and when a, a process of unloading a truck like that is really something to watch because it's a it's got to be unloaded mm-hmm. then it's got to be sorted mm-hmm. then the plants need to be tagged right then once all of that is accomplished then the plants are moved to their place to it, their little home right out, temporary home. out in the 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 nursery itself right. so getting them lined out and and untied right. is the next step right. right now the trees are all still sitting just uh east of the the greenhouses right where the truck unloaded them and and so here over the course of the next few days that that next phase will take place we'll get them moved to their home if we don't sell them first we have we have been (laughs) running through them uh yesterday was a pretty busy day people coming in and and we we do uh always try to make sure that we um, reach out with phone calls to people that have been waiting for trees. We we take a list of, of people that are waiting for specific things. And Teresa yesterday spent almost her entire day making phone calls to people who were waiting mm-hmm. for specific kinds of trees. And and there were quite a few of them that, that came right on down mm-hmm. and, and got those trees. They've been waiting for several months. Uh, yes. So, <laughs> some of these nice people have been waiting since, say, last April or May. Uh-huh. That's right. So um, they, were, they were pretty excited and pretty anxious mm-hmm. to... Um, uh, finally get their hands on these trees i'm not sure that anybody actually took one home yet right um but that's okay yeah um we we tag them with um the the customer's name mm-hmm. uh the date of their purchase mm-hmm. and then if they are if it is necessary to leave the plant with us for a while right. we take good care of them until they are ready to plant them we do we take care of them and we keep them locked up mm-hmm. we, we have a special area we that do we keep our trees organized and locked in a gate well we try to keep them well organized well, right now right it's now it's a new it's, year mona right now and and you know i'm going to say that this year is going to be the best one yet yeah i know we do all kinds that we meet, we talk, we try to we, streamline things. We go out, we sort things out multiple times a year just to make sure that, that we can always find the the plant that, that somebody has purchased. Right. Sometimes they'll get kind of moved out of the line where they're supposed to be. And so we, we do hit a little panic button once yeah. in a while, but not very often. No. And Mona's so good about, hey, guys, it's time to it's, let's check, recheck. Let, gotta look for them. Gotta find them. Where are they? Yes. Because if you experience just one time not being able to find one. It's like herding cats, man. And then you can have somebody help you and they're like, here it is. Right. You're like, oh my God. Right. And and you've you you know, I I have done it myself. I'll go out and I'm looking and I can't find it, can't find it. And Jeepers, there it is. Right <laughs> right in front of my face. Yes. 
So, yeah, it's... Um, so that's happening. Yeah, and, and this truck is just the first of many uh-huh. that this will be coming in. Beginning. This is just the beginning. Just the beginning. So it's it's very exciting. This particular truck had uh, ornamental trees. It had uh, some fruit trees on it, some shade trees. Mm-hmm. This, this entire load was trees. Uh-huh. Uh, a funny thing when they ship uh, the trees is when they come to us they all look like these little almost bottle brush looking things uh-huh. as they come off the trees right. and it's like well you know they've been jam-packed in that truck and and you're thinking well you don't look very impressive ah uh-huh. but when you get up close and look oh. they have bound their branches together mm-hmm tied them up, kind of bundled them a little bit mm-hmm. so their branches aren't broken yeah, in shipping. Yeah. And it just and and uh-huh. the the branches are nice and limber. Yes. And it they just they ship so much better and mm-hmm. they can pack them a little bit tighter. They mm-hmm. they're packed um tight based on the the size of the container. Right. And the tops of them don't get tangled up right. and and don't get hurt that way. Yeah. Another thing um, about getting plants this time of year, and and yes, we've got another storm coming, and yes, it's still cold outside, and the ground in in a lot of uh, neighborhoods is still pretty frozen and cold. The plants are okay because the plants are still asleep; they're dormant. Right. And so it, the cold that we're experiencing, and and it looks like we're going to experience for at least another ten days or so. Mm-hmm is not going to hurt them at all right. because they're still sleepy. Right. So right. it's, you know, it's it's great that this batch of trees got yeah. here it, when time, it did. You sure. know what? I did see a tree that's waking up. You did? Yes, Tyler showed me. We walked back <coughs> to the east greenhouse where we overwintered the trees that are left over mm-hmm. from the fall. Mm-hmm. And and we won't move them out until just the right temperature, but there's a tree a pear tree that's flowering is that right i you know i ran through that greenhouse several times yesterday and i didn't i i was vision i was focused on opening up that big back door yes i I wasn't looking left or right i was beelining it well look to the left so there's so there's a little pear tree yeah and i'm sure there's a few other things that are waking up we always get so excited absolutely and in the perennial house off to the west mm-hmm. greenhouses where mm-hmm. we have overwintered the perennials mm-hmm. oh my goodness those little plants out there they they are they are just they're just bouncing up out of the and it smells so oh. good in there so we, i've always said i wanted to take it put a time lapse camera in there but i think if i just took a picture every week on the same day you can they grow before your eyes because as it starts to warm up and the daylight hours right get longer right the greenhouses naturally warm, warm up, up without any heat mm-hmm. it's just so fun to watch it's just it's amazing the the ones that that crack me up are the little daylilies uh-huh so <laughs> 10 days ago, uh-huh. they were barely, you could barely see, if, right. like, you know, a couple little green leaves here right. and there poking up out of the soil. Right. Those little daylilies right now, I'll bet you the leaves on them are four to six inches right. tall in, in just the span of a week. It's and then, like, hello, amazing. Hello, are you out there? Amazing. And then I have to talk about the coal crops because I was hungry the other day. It was lunchtime. <laughs> And I walked through there and I was like, I could have the best salad because it'd be like baby greens, but they wouldn't let me chip, chop them off for a salad. 
they are gorgeous. They are gorgeous. And just so close. So anyway, that that's a good segue into Mona has her first class today. I do. And what are you teaching today, Mona? Today, today the class is about cool season crops. <gasps> and she's got some beautiful examples of cool crops. Oh, they're lush this they year. They are lovely. They're gorgeous. Uh, Tyler, in fact, was talking about uh, putting a few of them out on the benches probably this coming week. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe once this this After last that snowstorm. Well, and you know what? He he may change his mind. He may go ahead and do right. it even before that happens right. because truly the cold isn't, isn't going to hurt, hurt them. them and we need the room we do need the room we do need <laughs> those the room. babies need to move out in the breezeway the, and the little plants that we've got uh, already up and going and there's there will be i think uh, at least uh, one more batch of these babies coming mm -hmm. through we've got broccoli and cauliflower and brussels sprouts cabbages kale salad mixes, mm -hmm, salad mixes. so those of you that have been had your spring fever, just dying to get out in your gardens. Well, come on down and yeah. have some. If, and and if, if nothing else, stop by. Just come smell the warm <sighs> soil. It's yeah. just, it's so lovely. <laughs> Heavenly. I, I, I love watching customers walk through the door. Mm -hmm. And they'll, they'll take two or three steps inside and then they just stop. And you know that yes. what is getting them is the scent of scent. that warm soil i walked back into the seed room a few days ago and they were like transplanting and i mean there's been soil just i was like it smells like dirt back here <laughs> and it's like the most amazing smell either it's ever awesome. i mean so ever awesome. i wanted to roll in it so awesome well we are up against our first commercial break if you've got a question something on your mind Call us. Our number is 245-1100-245-1100. Along with Steph Griggs, I'm Mona Dyer. This is Garden Talk, and we'll be right back. Overhead Door Company has been all about innovation since 1921 when C.G. Johnson invented the first overhead garage door. Then he invented the first electric garage door opener and changed the world. Now that same innovation goes into the look, style, and reliability of the garage doors you put on your own home. Whether you need a new construction install or retrofit or repairs, call Overhead Door of Grand Junction at 245-5000 and see how they can change your world. Overhead Door Company, serving Grand Junction for over 50 years. Stay snug and dry no matter what Mother Nature throws at you with AAA Mountain Waterproofing in Rifle. From new construction to remodeling and additions, garage floor coatings to leaking foundations, the AAA pros will protect your real estate investment by making sure water doesn't intrude into your home or business. To arrange a free quote, visit aaamountainwaterproofing.com. AAA Mountain Waterproofing, keeping Colorado dry. It's good to be moisture-free. AAA Mountain Waterproofing.com. I'm Brian Burford, owner of Zarlingo's Automotive Service Center. I've had a love of repairing all things mechanical from a young age. When it came time to choose a career path, auto repair was a great choice. It allowed me to do what I'm passionate about. I take pride in treating people right, being honest with them about their vehicle needs, and repairing it with high-quality parts and great standards. Zarlingo's Automotive Service Center, I-70 and Horizon Drive. See us online at zarlingosautomotive.com. When a child is diagnosed with cancer, the last thing parents should have to worry about is how to pay for it. This is a St. Jude moment. Calvin got diagnosed June 10th of 2018. He has rhabdomyer sarcoma, a soft tissue cancer. One oncologist told us if it was my son, we'd go to St. Jude. 
and within 24 hours, we were on a plane headed here. It's hard to fathom what St. Jude has done for us. They've really given our family hope. For the donors out there, it's just amazing. I never thought we would be in this place. And it's people like you that help us and help St. Jude provide for a family like ours. St. Jude is like the gold at the end of a rainbow. And we are so grateful and thankful for everything. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. I'm Shanola Hampton. Every day, millions of people face hunger. Today, I will share with you some of their experiences. I'm stuck between paying for medications or paying for food. John from Maine. After paying my bills, I can buy groceries. It's sad to say, food comes last. Alice from Oregon. I thought pantries were for less fortunate people, but anybody could be less fortunate in a day or even a second. Claire from Virginia. The Feeding America network of food banks helps provide over six billion meals to people in need each year. No one should have to worry where their next meal will come from. Together, we can end hunger. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Diane from Michigan, a disabled senior citizen trying to get by. Henry from Florida, a veteran fighting to make ends meet. Elena from Arizona, a mother struggling to feed her daughter. Hi, I'm Connie Britton, and I support Feeding America because they help provide over six billion meals to people in need each year, like Diane, Henry, and Elena. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Feeding America, 200 food banks strong. Today's homeowner with Danny Lipford, Sunday afternoons at 3 on 1100 KNZZ. Welcome back to Garden Talk with your hosts from Bookleaf Gardens. Well, welcome back, everyone. Along with Steph Griggs, I'm Mona Dyer, and this is Garden Talk. If you've got a question, something on your mind, give us a call. Our number is 245-1100-245-1100. Well, as we uh, were talking in uh, the break, things are popping in that greenhouse, and we've got a crew of people that are just, man, they are putting in the miles right they now. Are putting in the miles wheeling those big carts the those big new carts plants. new cart uh, new plants uh transplants and things uh, last week uh, i talked about uh trimming out the the root systems on heaven knows how many thousand baby strawberry plants and so they they got all of the little strawberries into their their little uh, uh, cartons little containers those baby plants are already pushing leaves they are just they they I have know. grabbed a hold and they're pushing already i think we almost have a half of a green well it'd be a fourth of a greenhouse uh, of strawberries strawberries well every we, year we run out we run out and so we grow more every yeah, year they planted they they transplanted some uh, additional ones this year just to make sure that we have enough to to 
get have what you guys want because right. goodness sake we just we do always seem to run out the the little pansies are getting big I know. they're just the cutest little things and and yeah. both the pansies and the strawberries um they can go out here uh, the strawberries probably let's give them another month or so just to root out well yeah. but the little pansies i'll bet you they'll be ready in mm. a couple weeks the other thing that um the greenhouse folks oh we've got a caller awesome Good morning, Line One. What's your name? Hi, Mona. Hi, Steph. Hi, good, good morning. morning. This, good morning. This is Line, good li- this is line One. Uh, good morning, Line One. <laughs> good morning, Line One. <laughs> How are you today? Good, and I ha- actually have a good question for you today. All right, what is it? A- and it's going along with trees and the dormant. Uh, right now, they're dormant mm-hmm. except for the ones you got in on the truck because they're out of the greenhouse but okay I have a friend who has an elm tree that's got those beetles what are those oh the, the elm the, the leaf the uh, seed the elm seed beetle elm seed bug yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's a beautiful well-established elm tree and he loves to prune branches. He's been pruning it, but it has those beetles. Mm-hmm. And I heard you a couple weeks ago talk about the dormant seed oil. What, right. W- would that work um, now? You know, on I, them? I, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Um, the that particular bug hasn't been here in the valley long enough um, for us to have any good idea of, of control on them. And and the thing about that elm seed bug is that particular bug overwinters as an adult. And so, and they have a tendency to hide in, um, you know, leaf litter or they'll find a warm place somewhere and they'll overwinter as an adult. They feed um, all, all exclusively on elm seeds. So um, when when there is a wild elm, like what is, you know, just along fence lines, and, and some of them have been uh, cultivated in people's yards because they do make a really nice big shade tree, but they can be messy because of those little, um, those little seeds that fly everywhere. Um, the, those bugs are feeding on those seeds. And so being able to kill them with a dormant spray, I, I don't know that, that they're, I don't think that they're on the tree itself. Those adults are hiding somewhere else. So, oh, that is so good to know, Mona, because this man is meticulous. He does not have a leaf on his ground and so they're not high, but he keeps like pruning and he was going to chop the whole thing down because it has the bugs. And I'm like, wait, let me, let me see if dormant oil would work. Yeah. And dormant oil, but, I don't think that's going to do the trick for him. Here's but I don't, I think he doesn't even need to worry about it then because he has none of that. There's no place for the adults to uh, live in the ground over winter. Well, but if the, if the bugs keep it keep coming back year to year, though they are they are hiding somewhere. Maybe mm-hmm. not in his yard. They may be somewhere else. But when the oh, that's a meticulous uh, uh, neighborhood. But as if they keep coming back, you're so smart, Mona. How do you have all this stuff <laughs> stored in your head? 
But anyway, years if they just, I mean, we're working on all of it, right? Right. right. I, and I just don't want him to chop that whole beautiful tree down. Sure. He, I call him Chuck the Chopper. He <laughs> loves to chop things down. Oh, goodness. But but I'm saying they're meticulous. Right. Like the bush, the, the forsythium bushes, oh, they are like hedged. Mm-hmm. All of his flowering mm-hmm. bushes and, or heads you know but. with with those those elm seed bugs um i and i haven't checked in a while and and i probably should do this but anyone else that's having a hard time with those elm seed bugs really um a good resource as far as any new information or the newest information on how to deal with them uh, i i would recommend giving a call to the extension service uh, tri-river mm-hmm. area extension to see okay. what the newest information is as far as right. being able to keep those populations knocked back here a few mm-hmm. years ago uh, I I want to say it was two or three years after that elm seed bug first appeared in the valley. We had a year where there were not as many of them. That was mm-hmm. a result of having a, a freeze that happened relatively uh, late in the spring. And it was just at the time that the elm trees were starting to flower. Now, when I say flower, it's not flowers like what we would typically recognize, but it's the flower that the elm tree has uh, that that in turn causes the seeds. We had a mm-hmm. freeze that hit at just the, the right time to kill the seeds uh, to kill the blossoms on the elm trees, so therefore there weren't as many seeds. Therefore, there weren't as many bugs because there wasn't as much food. It would mm-hmm. be a shame um, to have that kind of a freeze because that freeze also took out um, quite a bit of the fruit. So, right. uh, again, my, my, my recommendation for um, knowing what best to do as far as the, the elm seed bug if it's you know if all things are are equal would be to get hold of of the extension service and see what information they have mm-hmm. okay and okay uh, yeah and i didn't even know they've had flowers are yeah. they really tiny yeah it's a teeny tiny they, little thing it doesn't look like a flower at all it's an incomplete flower it's just a seed yeah okay so good he doesn't because it's a beautiful tree and in autumn uh, you know, with the colors when the leaves change, sure. it's magnificent. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think he needs to chop it down, How, what, right? Is well, that what you think? Too? You know, if there's if there's a way he can put up with the the seeds and the bugs, um, you know, if a, a tree well, is a valuable thing here, so yes, especially for shade. Okay, because he has no litter on his ground, sure. so yeah. I, I don't think he has any bugs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. going to tell him that. All right. You have no you're bugs. Good, you're a good don't neighbor. Don't it. Thanks, Debbie. <laughs> have a great Bye. day. Bye-bye. All righty. All right, we've got Rebecca online, too. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning. Um, I was wondering if you ladies had any experience with Mizuna. Mizuna. I don't know what that is. It's a lettuce. I know. (laughs) It's a type of lettuce. It is a lettuce. It's like an Asian lettuce. Um, My friend's a part of a seed club, and she Uh gets free seed packets. Oh, cool. And gave me me a pack, and I just find all different kinds of information online. Okay. Um, I have a, a place, my house, I just have pots. 
but then a big garden box. I don't right. have a yard. Um, and I just was curious if you knew when to start planting them, if Colorado's even a good spot. So here's, here's what I would do. I think I would go ahead as soon as, as the soil in um, uh, some of your, let's start with your containers. As soon as your soil is um, thawed out enough to start working, I would sprinkle a few seeds in that container. And okay. my anticipation would be that it pops right up. Mm-hmm. Because all... Now? Of, yep, do it, do okay. it now. Sure. Those seeds are smart. They are smart. <laughs> and they, w- they will know when the soil is warm enough. Right. Uh, just keep it damp. And it's a type of lettuce. It's so a this type is of the, lettuce, so it's a time. green. Yeah. So How fun. It's, mm-hmm. it's, the time, it's the time to do it. There's really fun recipes for it. I saw... Um, do you think west facing is too hot, though? Well, it, because it's a short season crop, um, it will it will pop up, and it'll be something that um, you'll need to replant several times because it'll pop up, oh. and you want to you want to harvest that uh, those greens when they're at their prime. So you're going to to eat everything that's out of that container. Then, um, actually, I would pick two containers, plant one, and then two weeks later, plant a second one. That way, while you're nibbling on the produce that's coming from the first container, the second container is growing. Then, while you're eating the second container, you will have planted the first container over again. You're alternating your containers so that you've got a fresh supply all the time probably almost to may don't you think i would think so um well maybe even into the into the end of may if you if we start to heat up really quickly if the the air temperature starts to get hot um, a lot of times lettuces greens uh, whether it's lettuce spinach arugula all of those guys when it gets too warm outside, those plants will pop up and immediately bolt. They'll send up a flower stem. And that's yeah. a sign that, that it's just too hot outside. These guys like to grow when the weather is cooler. So by alternating, you're, you've always got a fresh supply of greens. Um, not uh, If you planted the whole thing, you'd have a truckload of, of lettuce to deal with um, and and not be able to eat your way through it um, or, you know, frighten the neighbors. Or bring some down to book club. Well, there we'll you help go. you eat it. Um, it it's, yeah. it's, just, it's just a way to maximize um, these, these lovely seeds that you've been able to get your hands on and without wasting um, the, the time and effort and, and the loveliness of what you're about to grow. Okay, uh, great advice. One last question uh-huh. about Mizuna. If you guys have seen pictures of them online, they have beautiful purple roots, almost like really skinny purple carrots. Uh-huh. I wonder, if those, are those edible? Are you supposed to yank the whole thing out? You know, I, I, would, I would gather that um, depending on how big the, the leaves of, of this plant are, you may for a while be able to harvest um, individual leaves um, off the plant for a while and oh. and have it be able to to re-sprout i'm guessing that the root is also pretty tasty the one the one sure way to find out is give it a try 
I, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, right. you know, maybe maybe do some of both. Pick some of the leaves off of a few of them, and and maybe if they're if they seem a little bit crowded, like somebody doesn't have enough room, fine, mm-hmm. pull it gently out of the soil, and especially sure. if it's in a container, pull it very gently out of the soil, rinse the soil off of it. And and nibble on it, maybe chop it up, or, yeah. or just try it. It can't hurt to yeah. try because certainly, if, if it's an edible plant, I, I'm I'm sure it's just fine to eat. Yeah, it looks tasty. The roots do. Yummy. <laughs> They're really pretty too, and decorative. Yummy. So, That's awesome. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate it. Great advice. You betcha. Thanks, Rebecca. Great call. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, we are up against our last commercial break. If you've got a question, something bugging you, if we can help with anything, give us a call. Our number is 245-1100, along with Steph Griggs, I'm Mona Dyer. This is Garden Talk. We'll be right back. It's real within the know. Coming up tomorrow at the Avalon Theater, Home Free brings their road sweet road tour to town. Doors open at 7 o'clock. Show gets underway at 8. And then starting Friday, Colorado West Performing Arts Company puts on their rendition of Peter Pan. Four showings this weekend, Friday the 3rd at 7 o'clock, Saturday the 4th at 1 p.m. and 7 p.m. And then Sunday the 5th finale at 1 o'clock. For more in the know, plus links to our social, streaming, smart speakers, and more, visit 1100knzz.com. There's nothing convenient about convenience store ice. Next time, get twice the ice for half the price. Premium ice and water that's never touched by human hands. Download the ice to you app and get your first bag of ice free. Twice the ice, five locations in Fruta, Orchard Mesa, Clifton, Parachute, and Rifle. When a customer orders something, we put their name on that work order. So they're not just making a piece of furniture. They're making it for somebody. It's having a family that takes pride in what they do, do it all together to create a quality piece. You know, that, that pride part, you know, this is something I built that's going into someone's home. It's pretty cool. Welcome back. Save 30% on artisan crafted Benchmade during Bassett's Makers event. Pine Country Truck and Trailer has expanded to Montrose. You can expect the same professional service, parts availability, and accessories that have made Pine Country Western Colorado's largest trailer dealer. Pine Country has over 500 trailers in stock, including utility, dump, or work trailers and cargo haulers. And see them for truck bed conversions or truck and trailer accessories. Pine Country Truck and Trailer, now in Montrose at 2760 North Townsend next to Flower Motor company and always online at pinecountryinc.com. King Pest Solutions wants you to know the facts. Did you know one female German cockroach can produce over 10,000 offspring in a year? If you see signs of roaches, spiders, or other pests, call King Pest Solutions, a royal service. Call 970-615-5464 or visit kingpests.com. 1100 KNZZ, dependable weather. Mostly sunny Saturday, Grand Junction 52, Montrose 51, partly cloudy overnight 31, chance of rain and snow Sunday 46, partly sunny Monday 43. Hi, I'm Christy Douglas, Director of Harmony Acres Equestrian Center. Each year we care for 40 animals, including horses, ponies, goats, bunnies, and a very special donkey. The love we pour into each animal comes full circle to benefit the lives of hurting members of our community military veterans, children, and individuals with disabilities. We are blessed each day to bring the broken together to heal. Join us today by sponsoring an animal or making a donation at HarmonyAcresEC.org. Miss a day? 
we are capable to end the Russian aggression this year. You missed a lot. The countries of the world stand. We stand with Ukraine. News Radio 1100, KNZZ. Radio you can depend on. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The Federal Reserve's preferred inflation gauge was up last month at its fastest pace since the month of June, and that is an alarming sign that price pressures continue to remain entrenched in the U.S. economy, something most analysts believe will lead the Fed to continue its interest rate hikes throughout uh, most of this year. On a year-over-year basis, consumer prices rose 5.4%, up from 5.3 annual increase seen in the month of December. First Lady Jill Biden says there's pretty much nothing left to do but choose the time and place for President Joe Biden's re-election announcement. She made the comments in an exclusive interview with the Associated Press in Kenya, the second and final stop of her five-day visit to Africa. On Wall Street, a losing session to end the week on Friday. The Dow was down more than 330 points. This is SRN News. Events are happening faster than ever. Keep up with your world. News Radio 1100. Let's look at this in real time. KNZZ. Welcome back to Garden Talk with your hosts from Bookleaf Gardens since 1968, where we help you grow. Well, welcome back, everyone. Along with Steph Griggs, I'm Mona Dyer. If you've got a question, something on your mind, please give us a call. Our number is 245-1100. Well, the greenhouse ladies have been planting, planting, planting. This week, they started in on um, getting the hanging baskets ready to go. I know. So, So, So yesterday was absolutely the craziest thing. These giant nursery carts piled high with soil, cart after cart after cart of of filled up pots, only filled with soil, right. kept kept going by, going uh-huh. by, going by, and disappearing back into the far greenhouse. Yes. And then they the uh, Tilo and um, Dorothea, they'd come back through with an empty cart and just laughing because those pots that they were taking back by the time they would get back with another round of them uh-huh. they would laugh and say up oh, there's already plants in there <laughs> all right we've got a caller on line one good morning what's your name marianne hi marianne good morning how can we help okay um fruit trees we plant i've got a nectarine i've got a peach and they're great I've got a plum that was struggling, but now it appears to have found its feet, so all's good. But cherry trees are problematic. Um, we planted new ones twice, and two times they uh, looked like they were doing pretty well at the outset, and then... Um, they they died, and I don't know what the problem is. I I'm thinking has got more to do with soil. Um, there are no grubs or anything like that. That would be uh, disturbing roots. But the problem is well, 
that's why I have a problem. Sure. I don't know what to do. Okay. So so the um so everything that that you've um planted, they're all stone fruits. Um so are are all the plants are they planted in a straight line? Or are they scattered in various places throughout your orchard or your yard? Um, they're, the plum is kind of a standalone. He's out there by himself. Okay. The other two are pretty much straight line, but there's a good distance between them. So not a lot, but, you know, so that uh, little bees and stuff that like to go and pollinate they're probably in the vicinity but um cherries are just problematic okay so let's let's talk about where those cherries are planted are they planted um up in a grassy area or are they in a a bed that um is is watered separately it's more or less in a grassier area but um, it should they should be getting sufficient water because my son is a water nut and everything gets watered whether it looks like it needs it or not. Okay, and are the other trees um, are they outside of the grass area? The peach and the nectarine, yes. The plum is pretty much in the one actually when i think about it yeah okay um so my my best guess my best guess on uh, the the cherry trees is that these guys are getting maybe more water than what they want and the root systems uh, just can't handle um the the water load that is happening um, all plants, all trees, all plants uh, have to have um, a, a period of um, dryness for their root systems to be able to survive. They've got to be able to hang in there uh, uh, where, where oxygen and water have a, a good balance. And so if these cherry trees just happen to be in a spot where um, maybe two sprinklers are are both hitting that area and it's it's just staying wetter in that particular place than the other areas where the tree those trees are planted that could be why uh two times in a row those plants have have not succeeded um moving forward um uh, the first let's let's make sure that these trees are are um absolutely dead uh and the way that you can tell would be um before you pull them up or cut them down or whatever the the means would be go out and and just very gently with uh, uh, your fingernail see whether or not you can make a nick in the bark of those trees if you can put a nick in the bark that means the tree is still alive if you can't put um, a nick in in that tissue then yes that tree that portion of the tree has in fact died so you know maybe maybe the very tips of the branches have died but the rest of the tree may still be okay if that's the case you can you can nip back uh, those branches until you do get to live tissue and the tree may renovate itself from there but that's only if 
um, the water situation is corrected because if that as I suspect, overwatering situation continues, then the tree gets weaker and weaker, and ultimately it will die because the root system is just not able to breathe and it can't sustain the, the life of the tree. Okay, so then <clears throat> there's so many plants that basically you give them over the entire week an inch of water. Uh, does that apply to fruit tree also, like once a week? Yes, yes. If if when you water something, anything, whether it's the lawn or your perennials, your vegetable garden, your fruit trees, anything, when you water, um, I, I like to say water like you mean it. You're going to water until it is really wet. For a tree, you want it really wet at least um, 12 inches, maybe even 18 inches deep into the soil. Um, you know, for, for a lawn, they, they talk about inches. What, what really is more important is how deep the water is penetrating in the soil so that the root system underground is um, uh, saturated and, and getting a good deep drink of water. Overwatering is more about the frequency of the water than it is about the water that's been delivered. So if it's a, uh, an area that has heavy clay soil, um, as an example, at my house, I can water once a week. I let it get really, really soaked, but then I can go at least a week before those plants even think about um, needing a drink of water again because the soil stays wet for such a long time as a result of having such heavy clay soil. If you live in an area where the soil is sandier, then it uh, that drainage, that drying action happens faster. So, you know, a once a week may not work so well with um, sandy soil. Uh, one way that is pretty easy to tell if uh, an area is too wet or too dry or, you know, what you're looking for is, is Goldilocks soil. So if you're questioning whether or not something is, is wet enough, uh, just go out and, and dig around a little bit. Um, I like to dig down at least four inches in the soil, get a handful of dirt from four inches down, and I'll run it around in my hand. I'm looking for that soil to make a very loose ball. Um, uh, it, it'll be the consistency of um, pie crust before you roll it out. It's not, it won't make a tight ball. If it makes a tight ball, I know I've still got at least two days before um, I should check again to see whether or not the soil has dried out. You want damp side of dry at four inches down before you need to think about giving anything a drink of water again if it's wetter than that then you run the risk of having a root system drowned and it'll work whether it's a, a great big tree or your vegetable garden because that four inch zone is is i call it the goldilocks zone it's dry enough um and and understand that that dry means that there's oxygen in the soil and the roots have to have oxygen to be able to have the plant survive. Another way that you can check uh, soil moisture is to just get a, um, a piece of rebar or a, a, a screwdriver that's got a really long blade on it. Poke that screwdriver down into the soil. 
if the soil is damp or wet, that screwdriver blade will go right down into the soil. It'll just push right in. It will not go into the soil if the soil has dried out. So, you know, there are a couple of different ways to kind of check. And just because one area is dry doesn't mean that another spot in the yard is is uh, dry or wet. It's it's a good idea to kind of scout around and and see um, what the actual drainage is. I'm I'm just really suspicious that those two cherry trees, since they've failed now two times, there is something that's happened, and it has to do with water. Whether it's too wet, too dry, there's something going on with with water in in those two instances. I really believe that. Okay, yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. I guess we'll try one more time. Okay, and and one one more thing when you when you uh, uh, go to plant those little cherry trees is if they're being watered by the lawn sprinkler, make sure that you don't plant them too deep. When those new plants go into the ground, you want to be able to see about uh, two inches of that root ball sticking up above natural grade. You don't want to have um, those plants um, in an area that's sunken down into the ground. You want it to look like a flat-topped butte sticking up out of the ground so that when the lawn sprinkler comes and and um, uh, shoots water at it, the water runs down off the top of that um, uh, little uh, root ball so that it doesn't puddle up around the trunk of the tree. Okay, so then that's... Inches? Yep. If it's if it's being planted in a lawn, at least two inches above natural grade. So you dig the hole shallow, make sure that the bottom of the hole is packed solid. Dig it plenty yep. wide but shallow, so that so that the that plant and you need the bottom pack, packed solid so that the plant can't squat down into the hole. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, thank you. You're welcome. You have a great day. Thanks for the call. All right, there's our traveling music. Wow, that went fast today. It did go fast today. Hey, y'all come and see us. We're easy to find a mile and a half north of First and Patterson, and we're open from 10 to 4. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye-bye.